So, hey, everybody. Um, thanks for joining. I'm here with my new best friend forever. Uh, okay, that maybe that's a bit too far, but certainly mm -hmm. my new friend and uh, hopeful colleague, uh, Elizabeth Moon. She is the marketing and digital content specialist in the Career Center at Stony Brook University. Did I get that right? Yes, 100%. Okay, because I was con considering saying like Master of the World at Stony Brook University. No. Um, <laughs> uh, well, thanks, thanks for joining me, Elizabeth. I really appreciate it. And I, I'm really looking forward to, to what you have to say and what you have to offer. And um, much like most of the guests that I have on this podcast, I do absolutely zero research. Um, and so whatever you tell me will be brand new information and how I react to it will also be, you know, a, a surprise. So, uh, let's just start at the beginning. How did, um, what was that moment you realized, like, I have to be in marketing or I have to be a storyteller. What was that moment like for you? Did you have that moment? When did it occur? Definitely. So I'll say it started pretty much from a very young age. Um, I grew up in kind of a very entrepreneurial family. Um, my father owned a marketing company, so I was kind of ingrained in that from a young age. Uh, I think starting in as early as elementary school, when we started taking like classes in elementary school on like computers and PowerPoint, um, I was very fascinated by that and kind of the design aspect of that as much as you can call it designing. Um, so I think from a very young age, I was interested in marketing and then kind of pursued that as I grew up. So in high school, I had the opportunity to take a lot of marketing and business courses at the high school I went to, which was, which was an awesome opportunity. Um, and then I knew going into college that I definitely wanted to focus on marketing. So I went to Iona College, which is located in Westchester County, New York. Mm -hmm. um, and I got my degree in business, business administration and marketing um, with the intention of kind of the agency world. So I wanted to be um, working at an agency in New York City. That was kind of my dream and my plan. Um, and at Iona, I got really involved on campus. Uh, working with other students, working with mentors in different offices, and that's when I fell in love with higher education, and that path kind of changed. Cool. So, so marketing and, and design, and you know the the creativity that comes with it's kind of in your blood. Definitely, hundred percent. I yes. love the creative aspect of coming up with new ideas and putting up plans and seeing them come to fruition. So, for sure. And was it what is it about the higher ed space that resonates with you? What do you like about that uh, the most in terms of your profession? Definitely. So, um, like I said, I and I got really involved on campus with student programming and student government. Um, I think both the aspect of having mentors that worked in higher ed, um, I saw what they did and I saw the impact they had on students' lives and that's something I thought I really like. And then I also had the opportunity to be a mentor to younger students that I really liked seeing that growth in them and kind of seeing how they came into college and by the end of the year, different things they were involved in with maybe I introduced them to these things and I, I found it to be a really rewarding experience. Um, so the reason I really decided to go into higher administration was the student aspect. So even in my role now, I get to supervise marketing students. Yeah. Um, and that, other than like the marketing and the creativity role of my job, that's really my favorite part. And that's why I like being in this industry. Do I sense uh, a future teacher in play here? Definitely. 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 Yeah, that, well, that's good. That's good. That's good. Yeah. Cool. So, so you knew what you wanted to do from a very specific age and you rolled through high school and college doing those things. Mm -hmm. What was your marketing education like? What did you learn from that that's helped you, that's prepared you to do the job you're doing? Definitely. So I'll say in marketing, especially now, it's very interesting because it's changing so quick. So 
Um, I graduated college four years ago and I learned a lot of like marketing strategy and kind of the depths behind that, but so much now is digital. Um, and not that my education didn't include that, but I think it's adapting as the years go on to more include that. So I think personally, I kind of had to teach myself a lot of like the design and the social media strategy and stuff. Um, but as far as the basics of marketing and strategy, that's what I'd say I learned in my college education. Cool. So, so you're doing marketing and content for the career center. Yes. So you're, you're not just marketing the, the whole university, you're marketing a specific aspect of it. Yes. So I'm basically the marketing person in the career center. Um, it's a relatively new role. I started last August. Um, previously they had, it as part of somebody else's role. So this was a new role for the office. Um, and because it's for that one office, mainly my audiences are internal. Um, obviously we do have some content for students that are interested in learning more about the university that we feed through admissions. Um, we have some of our audiences include faculty um, and definitely employers as well. At yeah. the university. Yeah. You know, coincidentally, I started my position at Pitt uh, last August. So you and I have been kind of doing this similar role where we're mostly speaking to internal audiences. So I, I, I do marketing for the undergraduate business college at Pitt. Okay. And um, I'm speaking almost entirely internal. Mm -hmm. There's very few opportunities where I'm actually talking to other people, but recruiters, absolutely. Just this past week, I was doing a lot of ads for uh, virtual job fairs. Okay, yes, that's what we're leaning towards as well. Yeah, yeah. So that's been an interesting experience. And um, so do you like being able to uh, market and, and communicate to that internal audience? Or is there an aspect that you miss the external? Or what do you have a preference? Definitely. I'll say most of my experience is with internal audience. Um, previously, before the Career Center, um, at Stony Brook, I was getting my master's in higher education administration. Um, mm -hmm. And there I worked in two kind of intern roles on campus. One was for campus residences, which is our res life office. Um, so again, that was mainly an internal audience. And then I also worked for our school professional development, which was kind of a segment of um, the graduate school at Stony Brook. Um, and that was more to an external audience because it was more of a um, admissions advertising role. Um, I think I would say I prefer the internal audiences. Um, you get to interact with them more, get more feedback from them. Um, this is an example, like something like marketing a job fair, marketing different roles and workshops to students. You get to see the kind of more of the result of them attending these events or them taking right. advantage of these resources. So um, they're also part of your content. So while they are your audience, they're also your content. So I think I really enjoy that kind of integration of those two things. Well, you know, I feel like you've got an advantage in that you were doing this for residence life, right? Mm -hmm. Uh, so you know exactly how to communicate to uh, the students directly within that internal context, um, but you're also able to understand or you have an intuitive understanding of just exactly what will and what won't resonate with them. So I can imagine like if you're doing some content strategy, you know specifically what will and what will not work and that saves you a lot of time uh, in, in producing that content. Yeah, well, you have an external audience. It's kind of a wider net to cat cast, while an internal audience, you kind of know what they're looking for. You know what they'll respond to, um, and you're able to kind of give them content that they want to see, which I think is the 
number one skill to have in, in this game. Absolutely. Sure. So uh, what's one project that, that you've done maybe over the past year or in general that you had a lot of fun with that was maybe a little different that, or maybe utilized some different skills that you hadn't flexed before? Definitely. Um, I'll say something that I did when I was with Res and now that I'm doing again in the Career Center was redoing the entire website. Um, <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, good luck. <laughs> Definitely, yeah. So it's something I did for residences a couple of years ago when I was in that grad position. Um, yeah. It's definitely a huge project, but I definitely really enjoyed it because of the kind of learning of Google Analytics, learning better website content. Um, it was something I was always interested in learning more about, but didn't have the opportunity to do. And now I'm doing that again for the Career Center. And even though it's just been a few years, obviously things have shifted in, in uh, best practices and content. So kind of relearning some of those things. Um, I really enjoy kind of the planning aspect of that. Um, so that, that's something I'd say was a project I really enjoyed and hopefully I'm going to enjoy going to the summer is my big summer project. Well, this is actually a, a great opportunity to talk about some of the other things that um, are required with your role. So for example, when, when I first started at Pitt, I was told that like, okay, your job is like 95% writing. Right. Okay. And I started and I was there a week and then <laughs> that whole paradigm shifted. Mm -hmm. It wasn't necessarily full on writing anymore. It actually became more visually dynamic and interactive and engaging. Okay. And, you know, we didn't necessarily put content to the backseat, but we changed a lot of how we were communicating that content. So for, for me, I'm really interested in telling stories, specifically human-centered stories, but with a, a very dynamic and impactful visual presence. Mm -hmm. um, mostly because, and I don't know if you'd agree with this, but like with our, with Gen Z students, it's like, you gotta hit them quick, you gotta capture their attention, mm -hmm. and if you can hold on to their attention, like good on you because even that is an arduous, difficult task. So, you know, I'm approaching storytelling from a visual way and not necessarily a written way. And that's been working out really well for us. Um, what's your, what's your approach to storytelling in, in that context? A hundred percent. I think what you just said makes a lot of sense. Um, especially with Gen Z and, and students that are in college right now, like things are so quick. I mean, um, I think, I read something recently that said our attention span is now as long as a single scroll on, on your phone. Um, right. Which I think definitely sounds accurate, whether it's true or not, I think it definitely sounds accurate. Um, so as far as storytelling goes, um, in the Career Center, something we're trying to do is show students the benefit of experiences. Mm -hmm. So the benefit of getting those internships, those volunteer opportunities. Um, so a lot of our storytelling, I mean, telling our story is a big mantra for our office, especially in my role. Um, is finding students who have had meaningful experiences at um, either big companies or interesting roles and really highlighting those students. So having them right. do a video or pulling a few quotes of, of, of the, them um, and showing that on social. So like yeah. you said, quick visual, like no one's going to sit and watch a five, 10 minute video of a student talking about their internship opportunity. Um, right. Maybe we have that piece of content, but then we also turn it into a few slides for Instagram stories with a few interesting quotes or some sort of social post that, that would be more interesting for students to engage with. So I think it's about having that one piece of content and figuring out how to make it a few different ways so um, students can ingest that in different ways. Right, get a thousand miles out of like a minute. Exactly. Right. 
Yeah. Um, so as, as you're moving through your career and, and your jobs in, in higher ed marketing, are you finding that you're having to learn new skill sets? So like, you know, graphic design may not have necessarily been a part of your original skill set, but now you're having to do video, you're likely using some static content. You know, what kind of new skills are you having to learn to make your, not only your content and your deliverables better, but also just your experience in producing them? Definitely, absolutely. And I think I hear this from a lot of people who do marketing in higher ed, especially when like they're the one person in their office that's doing the marketing, um, is kind of a jack of all trades wearing many hats. So I do graphic design for the office, um, social and web strategy, video editing. Um, so over the last few years, I've definitely taught myself how to do some video editing, taught myself a lot of like graphic design stuff. Mm -hmm. um, and I always joke that like I'm not professionally trained in any of these areas. I'm kind of self-taught YouTube video tutorials. Um, but I really enjoy that stuff. So I think right. that's why I really don't mind that part of it. I really enjoy like kind of teaching myself little tricks on video editing and um, different things to do with graphic design. So mm. it's definitely self-taught, but it's, it's a fun part of my role. I recently just put out a video um, to thank like the healthcare workers in our community because Stony Brook yeah. University is tied to a hospital. Um, and I've, even with that, I was like trying to teach myself different tricks to make the video more engaging. How did it land? It landed really well. It did really well. Cool, cool. Got a lot of good engagement. So your your process in in creating this content, uh, what? Well, let me rephrase that. What's your creative process like to get to that video? Like, if you start with absolutely nothing, what does that beginning through the end look like? How do you solve problems? Definitely, um, that's a great question. So I would say I kind of start with the audience in mind and try to make the piece as engaging as I want. It's not just about the message that I want to put out. Um, it's about the message that I think a student or a faculty member or an employer would want to see. Um, so thinking about what would kind of inspire them or encourage them to get more involved or um, encourage them to take that next step in visiting our office or virtually visiting our office. Um, right. So I start with the audience in mind and kind of build back from there. Um, our office is definitely a close-knit office, so I try to get as many people involved as possible. Um, for example, this, this video we did this past week, um, there's about six or seven career coaches that were involved in, in speaking in it. Um, it's definitely interesting now th that things are virtual. Um, as far as writing up directions for people to be able to film things on their own, um, it's kind of a shift there. But I would say that's pretty much my creative process. Cool. Cool. And where does, uh, just, I'm speaking for myself here because I'm curious, like where does data come into play with that uh, creative problem solving? Definitely. Um, so in the office, we have some data analyst interns and we definitely look, we're, we're very um, dead set on looking at a lot of the data for all of our events and workshops and different things that we do. So let's say this is something for a job fair. Um, we analyze the data as far as um, what class year we're attending these events, what majors attended these events to see if that story kind of makes sense or if there's something there that seems um, like a uh -oh. market we lost you there. and tap into. For example, uh, my lost you there. Hold on. Okay. My connection, it says my connection is unstable. Okay, I don't see that, but that's okay. Uh, it, just repeat what you said. Oh boy. Um, or don't. Here, I can change the subject. So, if two trains were leaving from separate destinations, at what time? No, you ever hear that math problem? 
Yes. Yeah, yeah. No, I cannot help you at this point. Yeah. Sorry, <laughs> yeah, I'm not gonna spring math on you. It's like, hey, thank you for volunteering your time to speak with me. Here's some math. Uh, there you go. <laughs> so um, here, here's a here's a good question for you. So. Uh, I think as as marketing designers, creative professionals, we're always looking at other people, other organizations, other universities, competitors, et cetera, seeing what they're doing, what they're not doing. What kind of work is uh, what kind of work are you witnessing or observing now that maybe makes you a little jealous? Like, ah, I wish I would have done that. Or uh, what are you looking at to get inspiration? Definitely. Um, so I definitely follow the higher ed social media group. Um, and that is a big source of inspiration, but then you just kind of hit it, the nail on the head as far as that, that little tick of jealousy. Um, yeah. I follow a few different career centers that I think put out a lot of really great content. Um, just to name drop a few, University of Georgia, their career center page individually has like over 10,000 followers and they put out a lot of good content. Um, wow. Yeah, which is incredible for a like segment of a university to have that many followers. So. Um, yeah. Brandeis University is another one that they put out a lot of good content and kind of are an inspiration for me. And then I also like to follow, um, we're part of the SUNY system in New York, so other SUNY um, flagship schools such as Binghamton or SUNY Buffalo or Albany. Um, i trying to think of examples of content I've seen recently that they put out. Uh, one thing that I saw one of them do, um, they were providing like uh, templates for reaching out to people um, to ask about internship opportunities. Mm -hmm. And they pulled a few different things from different TV shows. So they did like one on Tiger King where they, the template was like, dear Joe Exotic, um, which was kind of funny. And, and they definitely got a lot of good engagement for them. And I saw that and I was like, oh, that was a good idea. I wish I came up with that before I saw this. Um, but no, I definitely have those moments where I see other things universities do and mm -hmm. either get a different idea or kind of get that of jealousy. Like, oh, that was good. I wish I came up with that. What about non-universities? Any corporate accounts or nonprofits? Anything else that's kind of piquing your interest? Um, I feel like yes, but I can't think of anything off the top of my head right now. Okay. Um, well, to your point, that higher ed social group, we love you guys. If you're listening, <laughs> if you're watching, um, you know, uh, I'm definitely inspired by not just what is offered on there in terms of resources, but just the people. Mm -hmm. um, I'm finding that through these conversations and the ones that I'm having online and messenger and whatnot, that like everyone is, not everyone, but a lot of people are coming to higher ed marketing from disparate places. You yeah. know, like if you went to school for marketing and mm -hmm. you decided to stay in the higher ed culture, like then you're very ingrained in it from the beginning, similar to, to your story right mm -hmm. um but i'm coming at it from a long tenured faculty person mm -hmm. now staff and then like another person has never done higher ed marketing before in their life and they just happen to get this position so it's just really interesting the interdisciplinarity that charges our sort of industry a hundred percent it's a very interesting like subset of people that both work in higher ed and also people that work in marketing. Um, they kind of, they don't fit in either one, but they are part of both. Um, mm -hmm. And I made an effort to make close relationships with different people on my campus that um, either work in communication or marketing in their offices. And everyone kind of has a different story. A lot of those people right. come from industry um, and many of them knew what they were getting into with higher ed, but I've definitely um, had relationships with people who didn't really understand the higher ed 
sector when they were getting into it and um, kind of expressed things they liked, things they didn't like, things they were unsure about. Um, it's yeah. definitely a different breed for sure. Definitely the, how is this thing, how does this thing happen in higher education when it would never happen in objective reality? In my last job, this would never work. It's, it's a very interesting beast for yeah. sure. Yeah, it really is. And I think you have to have a, a patience and a, a specific temperament to, to handle it. 100%. Uh, because it's not, the, some of the issues that we deal with are not necessarily logical or intuitive. Um, and it just sometimes just does not make any sense. Mm -hmm. so. You have to love it too, because there'll be those hiccups that come up and those things you didn't think about, so. Right. So, so you've firmly grounded your career in higher ed. Where do you want to go from the position that you're in now? Do you have, do you have goals of climbing that ladder or what are you thinking? Definitely. Um, so I think I, I, I really enjoy working in um, the student affairs division. Um, so I'd either like to stay in a marketing role and kind of advance the top of communications and marketing within student affairs. But I'd also love to be a part of like a marketing communications division on a college or university campus. Um, yeah. Definitely in some sort of digital slash branding role. I really love branding, um, but I also love digital media. So something that kind of combines those two and um, allows me to do a few different things. Like my role now is not just kind of one track. Mm -hmm. So it, what, what I'm hearing is you, you enjoy the, the content creation aspect of things, but there's also another side to it. And that's the strategy side that, that you're really interested in. 100%, yeah, I like the kind of like planning out a semester, planning out a year and having that strategy aspect of, of the role as well. So do you ever, do you ever look at the, uh, the other SUNY schools, the other career centers, competitors or otherwise, and get jealous of, of something that they did and then plot to destroy them? Like, I must do something better than that. I will crush them. I definitely get that. How competitive do you get? I'm a pretty competitive person, personally, in general. Um, so that definitely happens. I'll, I'll try to top it or try to think of something that's similar, but more creative. Um, yeah. I definitely have that kind of drive to be the best social media channel. Like, um, I mean, we have about 2,000 followers on Instagram, but even seeing that one that has the 10,000, I'm like, we could get to that eventually. We could do that. Um, but I like kind of thinking outside the box. And I think that's what I like about social and content strategy uh, is thinking outside the box, coming up with different ideas, um, I definitely have some favorite campaigns that I've worked on this year that I thought oh, the, the others, the others would be jealous if they saw this one. So, you know, that, that sort of calls into mind, like the social media marketing jobs, mm -hmm. pardon me, or even just higher ed marketing jobs in general. I've found that there's a ton of potential for collaboration, for creation, some risk taking, you can get really creative because we're, I feel like we're always trying to find new ways to access the student body or, you know, prospective students if you're on the admissions side. Mm -hmm. And um, that's one thing that's really resonating with me. So at times, like when I see something that makes me jealous and makes me really competitive, like my ambition just kicks up a notch, goes right through the roof. And then like, I just start ideating and iterating concepts and then all of a sudden I've got like oh I've got like 24 different concepts here I can tap into and then like because of all the all the strategic planning I don't necessarily have a lot of opportunity to implement or test out those ideas 
Mm-hmm. So I think for me, that's, that's kind of frustrating, but you know, with, with us being kind of misfits within the, the higher ed marketing spectrum, especially specifically the social media aspect, like um, the, the creative potential that we can create and then execute on can really create a lot of pride and that competitive awareness, you know, so the quality of the work overall is really strong and is only getting stronger, right? So that's one of the reasons why I like talking to you and some of the other pe- people in the higher ed social group because they're trying to be as motivated and ambitious as, as they can within reason, you know, but ultimately we're all held down to the limits of what our respective brands will allow. A hundred percent, yeah. Whether you have that leeway or not in your office or your university, definitely plays a role. I mean, um, at Stony Brook, we have a pretty strong brand that we all are required to follow. Um, and, and we do that in the Career Center. And part of my role is to make sure that we're following that brand. But there's definitely some leeway, um, especially on social, to kind of have that more fun content. And right. If it's going to be engaging and if it's going to get students' attention and paying attention to our office, then to me, it's worth it as long as it follows things somewhat. Right. And well, social media, by virtue of its existence, I think does mandate and require some offbeat fun uh, posts and content and themes and topics and executions and whatever, but not printed pieces, not printed work. Like that has to be very focused and serious. And like for uh, a university to really round out its brand, it needs to have some some level of fun to it, some kind of quirky trait that says it's upbeat and fun and engaging and social is the best way to do that. Definitely. Students don't want to just see the information you want to put out to them. They, they want to see the fun stuff. And, and like you said, it can be easy to come up with a bunch of ideas, but um, a little more difficult to execute. Something we did this semester, um, as far as our social strategy that I have with my interns was making at least one post a week, something fun. Um, mm-hmm related to careers and related to career development, but something that would be fun, engage students, um, get them thinking about our office in a different way and making sure they know that our office is a fun, happy place to be, not like a scary place to go visit, to have your resume reviewed or do an interview. Like it's a welcoming, fun place. Right. So here, uh, here are two things that um, I, I did not do on my social channels that I manage, but I did them on my personal ones. Okay. And um, it's just ridiculous how, how well it tracks. So basically the first one was um, take, it was basically like take your name, reverse it, and then take out the vowels and then do the same with your last name. And that is your Ikea furniture name. That's great just something really stupid and I put that on my own personal Facebook and like it got hundreds of hits and like, you know, hundreds of comments and people were sharing it and Mm -hmm. that's great. Right. Really fun and stupid and total time waster, but it it brought some joy to people. Right. Mm -hmm. And then the other is the, the, the age old is ice cream soup is a hot dog, a sandwich, uh, topics. Mm-hmm. So, um, I even, I, so I'm in this Facebook group for, for teachers and they were suggesting like, all right, if we're virtual in the fall, here's some icebreakers that you can introduce to kind of add some levity and, you know, take the, take the serious edge off of the semester. Mm-hmm. Um, and, um, so they brought up the whole is a hot dog, a sandwich conversation. And, um, 
<laughs> and uh, I had said, uh, well, is so instead of doing that, maybe you should just rename normal things like a stack of cheese slices would mm -hmm. be a uh, milk loaf. <laughs> <laughs> right or just something incredibly stupid or like um uh beef jerky is uh cow raisins okay yeah yeah nothing's uh, so you know for what it's worth you can you can take it i mean it's not original at all it's actually those are from a a reddit thread it seems like all the all that kind of best stuff comes from reddit mm -hmm. twitter um but it was a Reddit thread called uh, Shower Thoughts. Okay. Yeah, there's a so lot. This is the stupid stuff you think of yeah. when you're in the shower. Yeah, I've read that thread a little bit before. I've seen some things on there. It's funny. Yeah. yeah. So, like, with me in the business college, like, we don't have as much of that fun, quirky edge mm -hmm. to our, per our brand personality as, say, the other colleges on campus. Mm -hmm. So, it's, we walk a fine line. Definitely. Yeah. So, um, I wanted to ask you about, so you have your masters. Mm -hmm. Yes. Right? Um, and, and this sort of is, is tethered to what I've been communicating to my students. So, you know, they are concerned, like some of them are looking at master's programs, MBA programs, even some designers are looking at MFAs and, mm -hmm. um, you know, before they, part of the, part of them wanting to do that is because they don't have any job prospects because the, the bottom has fallen out on the, mm -hmm. and, and I absolutely want to encourage them to go to grad school, but I also wanted to encourage them to, you know, maybe build out some of the, the, the void, some of the, the gaps in their skill sets, right? So, um, what are, uh, what are some of the gaps in your skill sets and how are you trying to account for that and learn new things to, you know, offer as well-rounded um, a professional as possible? Definitely. Um, so kind of like your comment of, I'll go off first of students thinking about going to grad school because of the difference in job prospects right now. Yeah. Um, I myself went right into grad school because um, I had the business degree, but I wanted to enter higher ed and I felt yeah. getting a master's in higher ed administration would be the kind of stepping stone into that. Um, I definitely plan to get my MBA at some point, but I encourage students that are graduating from undergrad right now um, to take some time and wait before they go back for their MBA to get some of that experience, yeah. kind of expand their skill set. Um, and then as far as myself, a skill set that I've been working on developing over the last few years, but still continue to would be writing. Um, so I'm not a trained writer. I didn't go to school for English or writing or anything like that, or communications even. I went for marketing. Um, and my passion was always kind of that creative aspect. But having a kind of multifaceted role of marketing, especially in higher ed, communication is such a big part of my role. Um, so it's something I definitely focus on getting better at. And I've definitely improved in it. Um, but something I work on consistently, for sure. So I have to address that. And, and I'm glad you brought it up. And, and you're certainly on point. So like, I th if maybe I'm misperceiving this. But my interpretation has always been like, oh, I'm, I'm working, I'm in a in this sector of people that are in marketing, they have, they probably have some trained, trained writing experience. Mm -hmm. No, that's yeah. not the case at all. Most, and, and it took me a, a year of being in a business college and then teaching a business class to realize that no business students have any formal 
uh, writing. And, no, that's not at all. And even to an extent, communication students don't. Mm -hmm. um, and graphic design students absolutely do not. They yeah. don't like reading. So, um, you know, so that, that whole aspect of like becoming a trained writer, like I, I absolutely agree with you. That is absolutely critical. Mm -hmm. Um, said. yeah. And, but the, the ironic thing about it, or maybe not ironic, but certainly the weird thing about it is that for, you know, let's say we were all trained writers in some capacity. We all definitely have very different styles in comparison to one another so it's like oh you're all trained writers well it doesn't seem like it because you all have completely different styles mm -hmm. <laughs> so um that's been that's been something i've been trying to improve on myself i mean i i'm mostly an academic writer so mm -hmm. all the stuff that i write is like intensely detailed mm -hmm. and relatively boring okay um but there's also another aspect to me where, so it's like academic and then ad copy. So mm -hmm. like writing taglines and like short, succinct, concise advertising messages. I'm on both ends of that spectrum, but not in the center, which is really where social media lies. Definitely. So in my office, like, like I said, I'm the main market, the only marketing person other than the marketing communication interns, um, which are undergraduate students. So a lot of my, role is like you just mentioned like the ad copy or web copy um and that part i feel more comfortable with but we also put a content out as far as articles that um, my students may write or i may write and that's the part of the writing i definitely want to improve on um, the students that we have doing communications or journalism students and i don't have any journalism training so right um, trying to do my best to oversee their articles edit their articles but understanding that that's a skill set i definitely have to work on and learn more about do you consider branded journalism to be marketing? What do you mean? So, uh, so like this idea, so basically you've got journalism students that report to you, they're doing this writing. And um, so there's a there, kind of a worldview here. So like news outlets, especially now with the economy, like papers are failing, mm -hmm. uh, journalists are being put out of business and um, a lot of journalists are becoming what are essentially brand journalists. Oh, yes. So, yeah. So, yeah. So like with, so the, the journal journalists aren't marketers. Right. And the, and the thing that I found it, based on my observations is that journalisms are not marketers and they have a fair amount of disdain for marketing. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, yes, yeah, so I know what you mean. And right. So like with brand journalists, like, um, this is a concept that I'm really interested in seeing deployed more on the higher ed scene. Um, and large universities already have them in place. They basically mm -hmm. function as a newsroom, but they're only focused on telling like pit based stories. Right. Yeah. So, um, but like when you take one of their stories and you try to apply it to a marketing context, it's kind of difficult because the language doesn't line up with what you do on the branding side. And yeah, it's not always understanding of branding and such. So right. I think 10 years ago, journalism and marketing didn't go together nearly as much as it does now. And I yeah. think it's all about kind of the concept of con content marketing, which is huge right now. Um, and that's where I think it plays a big role in journalism 
majors or journalism students that are going into video editing or yeah. um, writing articles. Like that's going to be part of content marketing, which means they have to have that that um, mindset of thinking about things as a brand or thinking about things as marketing, even if that wasn't their intention from the beginning. Right. Right. So um, I wanted to ask, and, and we're kind of getting towards the end of our time together. Um, so as I mentioned earlier, you know, the economy is falling apart. Uh, mm -hmm. Students that have graduated or even students that are still enrolled in college but are looking for internships, they've had those internships postponed, delayed, canceled, modified. Um, graduates have had job offers rescinded. Um, some of them are starting new jobs and they're working from home, which makes orientation seemingly impossible. Mm -hmm. um, what are, what's your recommendation? What's your advice for these graduates or these students that are hungry for opportunity, they're highly motivated, full of energy, and the world is saying like, there's nothing you can do? Because Definitely. I believe that there is always something that you can do, especially when you're trying to build a career. What would your advice be for them? 100%. And I mean, that's something we talk about in our office every day. And a big part of my strategy for so, summer social um, because we're the career center and students use their office to um, help with their career development and finding jobs and internships and that definitely looks very different right now than we thought it was going to look obviously coming into the semester and coming into the summer um, so I think my biggest advice and the advice I give the interns that work with me and other students um, is do something um, no one's going to look back at these students resumes or people's resumes resumes this summer and wonder why they didn't have this perfect internship on their resume. Everyone's going to know um, that it was summer 2020 and everything that was going yep. on. Um, but be able to speak to what you did to respond to the crisis. Teach yourself a new skill. If, if you're in marketing, um, like I said, a lot of marketing roles today have a variety of different aspects that you may not be learning in school. So teach yourself graphic and video design. Teach yourself um, things about website design and best practices. Um, and then find a passion project, either something that you come up with on your own or everyone has local small businesses in their area um, that they can reach out to and offer to do a project for them just to practice a new skill or practice a skill they've wanted to work on um, that they can showcase on their LinkedIn or their personal portfolio. Um, and then in a year, a few years, when they want to talk about the summer or talk about something that they did to respond to this, they can say they worked on this big project um, and they took it upon themselves to help their local coffee shop in their area or, um, they taught themselves this new skill and they built themselves a website that did this function. So definitely do something, stay active and, and make the most of the summer to teach yourself something new. Beautiful. Mm -hmm. um, so if folks are interested in learning more about your career story or interested in figuring out how to break into the higher ed space on the marketing or design side, how can they reach out to you? How could they find you? Definitely. So I'm, I'm on LinkedIn. My name is just Elizabeth Ann Moon. Um, no E on the Ann. Um, and then I also have a digital portfolio online. It's just ElizabethAnnMoon.com. Um, but definitely feel free to reach out to me, connect with me. Um, I know it's definitely a unique path going to higher ed marketing. So I'd be happy to talk to anyone that's interested in it or in it now and has questions or wants to chat about things. Cool. Uh, well, thank you, Elizabeth. This was great. And I really appreciate all of your insights. And um, hopefully we'll do this again soon. Of course. Thank you so much for having me. This was great. All right.